Hello and welcome to episode two of the Musician's Journey podcast, where I talk to musicians about their personal journey while I'm navigating my sudden plunge into becoming a freelance cellist. Today I'll be talking to Kaja Drexler, who we've just been listening to, playing her composition Delicious Irony, which is taken from the album called The Lives of Many Others from 2013. She's a Slovenian pianist and composer, and we met while we were studying in Amsterdam. Since I left Amsterdam in 2014, we've been exchanging letters with each other, and her letters are full of descriptions of her eternally busy travel schedule, touring all over Europe to play concerts and give workshops, recording one album after the other, and the letters are usually written on airplanes and in hotels. The music featured in this episode is all composed by Kaya, and the titles are in the show notes. So, um, I come from Slovenia. I'm a pianist and a composer. Um, I was born in a small village, and I lived there until I moved away from Slovenia. Um, I grew up like... My my parents and my whole family, they are not musicians. So I, I grew up in a very sort of different lifestyle than um, I live now, I would say. Um, and uh, so I moved away from Slovenia to study music in the Netherlands. And that's when I was 18 um, in Groningen. And then later on, I moved to Amsterdam. I first uh, studied jazz piano, um, and I studied jazz also in Slovenia because we had this program in high school that you could take and yeah and learn about study jazz sort of. Um, so later on, I also studied classical composition in Amsterdam. So all in all, I lived in the Netherlands for I think thirteen thirteen years. Uh, I stayed after I finished the school and I, I had quite some projects there. I still do. But uh, three years ago, I moved to Copenhagen and I, I now have some things here, some things in Amsterdam. And generally, I also have bands like, in, like actually, there's a trumpet player. I have a duo with that lives in Stockholm. And um, there's a quartet uh, where we live, like each of us in our own country. There's a trio I have uh, that the guys are based in Berlin. So uh, there's a pianist I play with. She lives in Paris. So uh, yeah, I've been traveling quite extensively until the lockdown. just to play, to perform, but also to rehearse. And I've been involved in different projects that happen in different places um, around Europe mainly. So I don't know, I kind of jumped from the <laughs> being born to now in a very quick uh, pace, but. Just before um, talking to you now, I was listening to your, um, uh, one of your early albums or was it maybe your first solo album the lives of many others Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and it's already eight years since it came out right yes yeah and um i just wanted to yeah go back a little bit 
-hmm. in time because now I am so fascinated with everything to do with actually doing music for a living. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. it feels, or I have an impression that to you it just happened uh, naturally, gradually. There was like no option. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like that, yeah, that's true. And it's funny you mentioned this solo album because actually this was the period when it started to happen. I think it was a mix of different things. It was that, um, so this solo record was released by uh rather uh let's say well known label well at least within the the scene of improvised music um and uh, i was completely an unknown name and it was a solo so i think it brought some attention the fact that you know there was a young pianist who did like a solo album on this label that was already quite established um, so that's when somehow I started to get invitations because also I got quite nice critical reviews uh, or critics. Well, so I think people, you know, it's also to be honest, it's just it's easy to book a solo. Like it's the cheapest, <laughs> it's the cheapest thing for the organizers, and you know. So I think there was also a plus for me to like okay, so. Uh, let's book a young upcoming person who does solo, you know. It was a mix of being at the right time on the right place, getting some good reviews. And um, and also there was this thing that I did not really plan on being so involved with the impressing. It was not like my goal to be so much immersed in it as I am now or as I have been in these last years. But it was sort of because of the label, I suppose. They they just sort of put me in that box of impro music. And a lot of people have uh, guessed that what I played there was improvisations, which was not true. They were compositions with some improvisation. But it was also a kind of um, moment where I started to go from more, more uh, let's say, jazz or let's what they call modern jazz, maybe, into more uh, improvised and, let's say, alternative uh, type. Of, or also aesthetics were just uh, going away from jazz. Um, I was influenced by my studies of classical music at the time, uh, contemporary music, contemporary classical music that I haven't really listened to before, before I started to study it. So it was a kind of moment of mixing things and figuring out things. And I think that brought also some sort of freshness to the record because I was really an outsider. Um, but at the same time, they sort of analyzed me as a, as an insider. I don't know how to, how to say. So there was something, there was something fresh from, from that point of view, I guess, um, that this record brought to the scene. It was also, I must say that being from a small country like Slovenia, there I always had a little bit of advantage there in a way because, you know, whenever they needed somebody to present Slovenia, we are so little people on the scene there. You know, we, we there are so little representatives of Slovenian scene that, um, you know, 
we get called more often the few that we are or and then of course the whole gender thing which is now um a very popular subject you know they always need girls to play on the festivals i mean it sounds a bit rough but it's it's just the reality and the practicality of these things so you know i was lucky but also i was somehow on i mean i was also working for it in a way you know of course like we all do but it is very difficult and i know a lot of musicians who do beautiful things and are not as lucky as i am you know so for this i'm saying that i'm lucky because there's so many talented people and there's so many musicians and so little somehow space for us it seems or like need need or yeah that's a whole other subject you know like I've been playing piano really since my whole life kind of like I started so little uh, and that I don't even remember life before piano sort of you know and and even though after finishing my high school I wasn't sure that I want to study music it was a little bit I was was thinking to maybe study Latin and old Greek um, but somehow because at the time yeah, it just it just somehow happened that the music won and this idea of going abroad and, you know, going away from my parents and, and having this exciting experience, this all this together. And and, and then up from there on, you know, it's just sort of like, what else can I do now? You know, <laughs> it feels like I'm, I'm, so, I'm so handicapped. I can only do music, you know, sort of. <laughs> Although I must say that in this, in the scene or just being a freelance musician, you do have to learn quite a lot of things, you know, like accounting or like 
traveling, like booking travels. I mean, or like just, uh, I mean, obviously everyone nowadays knows how to book a travel, but sometimes it's really tricky. So like you spend a lot of time figuring things out logistically, you know, you learn also how to, how to have a correspondence with an organizer, how to, and how to, you know, decide who's going to do the cover for your CD or maybe you do it on your own. For sure, like each of us has probably released some things on our own when we had to also kind of learn it, you know, and like who do you put, who do you trust with the mix or master of the album and why and when does it really sound good and how to explain and what doesn't sound good. So like, I mean, there's just so many um, sub areas of our work it's it's really just far from far from just uh, practicing the piano you know it's so many things um that you kind of have to just learn on the on the way that they don't prepare you for in school that much even or you know i am definitely experiencing that and that was actually what made me want to uh make a podcast and talk uh-huh. to people because um I'm in the process of uh, being presented with all of these things. Mm-hmm. They just come or it, they're almost drowning me basically. And it feels like like playing the cello. is. I almost have to remind myself to actually continue doing that. There are so many other things yeah. that I need to learn and just uh, doing what I, what we're doing right now, I was here, I think, half an hour just plugging things in and testing sound and, uh, uh, yeah, software and cables. And, <laughs> I mean, are, are you comfortable with the tech at this point? Uh, you know... Not really. I must say that I've always been around people who who are really good with it, and I never had to learn it. But at the same time, lately, I just maybe this is also a side effect of lockdown. Is like I have to do something about this because I cannot just be a kid for the rest of my life. You know, counting on guys or girls who will know about all this, and I just kind of sit sit by and watch them do it for me, you know? So, yeah, I'm slowly starting to use some more um, programs, music-related programs, and... But I'm not very talented for this. I, I will... It will be a long way. But... And I'm not... I don't have high expectations either. I don't have high ambitions. I just want to be, you know, good in basics. <laughs> and that's fine for me. And from there on, there are so many people who can do it great, you know. But just for what I need to at least know what we're talking about and so on. You know, I can only say, okay, there's a Jack Jack cable. There's an XLR cable. I mean, I know what that is, but, uh, you know, then... Other than that, I'm I'm so a beginner, really, totally. Stay. 
remember how your daily routines have changed? I mean, I, I assume that uh, when you were younger, they were different from what they are now, like when it comes to um, how much time to spend on different things and how to structure your day and uh, um, getting up early or late or uh, when to practice just all of these little things that we decide for ourselves unless we have a schedule of some kind yeah yeah i think it takes a lot of sort of self-discipline and self-knowing to understand how to do it best and i think it's a really a challenging part of of doing what we do because theoretically we can just do nothing right the whole day i mean if you don't have a concert or you know yeah. so but my routine yeah i am quite a routine person like i like to have my my rhythm um i work well when i have r more routine rhythm of the day and for example practicing for me was always good in the mornings um and it still is i mean i i, I do the I work best if I do it in the morning. Um, I'm trying to stay off emails for as long as it's possible <laughs> because as soon as you start with that, you know, that, that always somehow takes much longer than you think. And it actually takes a lot of your attention. And, you know, sometimes I also need a lot of attention when I do bookings or things like that. So I need to do it while I'm fresh. But most of the time, it's sort of like a thing I do later on, because I don't need to be super focused to do that. You know, like I can be a little tired and still somehow a computer also has this power of of kind of sucking you in and you don't even understand you're tired. You just kind of go on and on and on, you know? So whereas with other things, yeah, you need maybe more fresh freshness in your mind. Definitely also like doing some sort of sports, like not on a very, uh, on a high level at all, but just like kind of staying uh, physically active is super uh, important for me. But even more so maybe when I was on tour a lot because then it's just like you spend so much time sitting and just like sitting in the car, sitting in the van or in a train or on the plane and then waiting for your concert and then it's just a whole bunch of sitting. So like if you don't take care, then I mean, it's, it's so difficult. And I mean, most of musicians anyways, me included, have like back problems or, you know, ha like just... Uh, health problems from from sitting a lot also at the piano um, or sitting wrong or wrong posture or like a lot of different things so but what did I want to say um so yeah I think I'm trying to like I, I I'm I'm I like now it's quite interesting time for self-discipline and routine because it's like you know you were like you know that at some point concerts are coming but you don't know exactly when and so you're kind of in this limbo of like you know it's a good time to work on things but at the same time there's so little stimulus to do things 
So it's really like I have to really invent uh, kind of ways for me to to stay active the whole time, you know, like either writing a diary of what I do or, or making a plan of what I need to do or want to do anyways, because I know that this time will pass and I hope anyways, and we will, we will need to be much more active and much, we have less time to do whatever we want to do. And now it's more like it's time for composing, for practicing, for developing things, for reading books, for like, you know, all this great stuff that um, can happen. But I think also this the, the routines really, like when I, just before the lockdown, like the last few years were very, very active for me. So there was just so much travel that whenever I was home for a while, like I would just kind of have to like, re, how do you say, uh, recover <laughs> from the travel, <laughs> kind of just relax and, and, but then of course practice, but just like not try to take it easy and, and, and take care of the body. And, and, um, so it was much more, uh, kind of hectic type of, it was not so routine based. It was more like, okay, in two days I need to go there. So, you know, I have to get ready everything and then, and then I go and I'm in the travel and yeah. Also like, in fact you do, I, I did get quite some things done while traveling because you just have a lot of opportunity to sit and wait. So you can read, you can, you know, write emails and all that while you travel. So that was, that was sort of the routine then. It's like the moment you have sort of for waiting, you try to use it for something because Otherwise, the whole day just passes by without you doing much apart from one hour concert, you know, and yet you are completely tired, you know, so, but, um, yeah. I was curious uh, if you can say something about challenges that you've been faced with. I think the biggest challenge somehow is um, the why question, you know. Like, why Why do we do this? <laughs> I mean, considering, okay, you know, we do it, some people like it, obviously. So there's there, that's always worth it, right? There, there are people who really get pleasure from what we do. So that's a big plus, but it's such a small percentage of people. I don't know. I think that, for me, is the biggest sort of, like... Um, challenge is sort of to to always find um, a reason somehow to go on and I'm not I mean I, I'm not having like uh, I, I'm not a depressive person or anything you know I don't I luckily never had like really downs but when thinking of challenges I think this is what I have to always kind of like I don't think I resolved it I mean I think I resolved it in a way with this answer that I just said that there's always some people that they write sometimes or they come after the concert and they express what they felt or that, you know, and whatever it was that also sometimes when, when people come and are completely confused because they're not used to this kind of music and then they just like, yeah, this was weird or whatever. I mean, I find all that positive because I think that, you know, it's nice to experience something new anyways, you know, even <laughs> so that's all worth it. But uh, yeah, like I say, it's like we are working for such a small 
percentage of people, and this is really a bigger problem that has to do with the mass media and with what is being um, advertised more, with what is being played more on the radio and so on. So people get used to one type of thing and, and they have hard time. Like no one has time to search for things, you know, we sort of take whatever we get on, on the go. So I don't know. So that's one challenge. The other challenge, which at the moment is not really relevant is like, like, is it okay to travel this much? You know, is it okay to sit on the plane this much and, and, you know, uh, sort of damage the earth in this way, you know, like it is a rather, yeah, it's not very environmentally friendly job in a way as much as we are traveling. And, and I must say that it's been getting really a bit much in the last years with all these cheap flights and like sort of one-off things. And whereas I think that for musicians in general, for music also, it's much better to do a tour, you know, to be somewhere for some time, to have concerts one day after the other and not like fly for one thing. And the next time you, the next day you fly back. I mean, it's just kind of crazy if you think about it. I wish it would change. And I think there are organizations um, that want to, like also within the jazz scene, um, like there is this uh, group called the Jazz European Jazz Network that is like many organizers from Europe are involved in this. And I know that, for example, on their agenda for the future, it is sort of, this is one of the topics that they want to, that they want to push forward, you know, like how to make it more sustainable. I think like a lot more could be done locally and also, but this is, you know, logistically just difficult and organizers need to then really collaborate and, and, you know, everybody's life is so complicated that they just, it's, I understand it's difficult to do that because the organizers are also depending on so, so many things and, it's hard for them to just, uh, you know, you, you schedule everything a year and a half in advance or a year in advance. And they, it's just, it's, it's, it's a massive, it's a massive thing to solve, but it would be great if it could change a little bit, you know, if we could just travel and, and do tours again, like it used to be, you know, because it used to be like the Americans, when they would come to play in Europe, they would fly in and stay for a month and go around by train, obviously, and, and play all the bigger towns in Europe. And I think that was beneficial for many things, also for the music, for the people, for for everything, you know, for the planet, so... So that's another challenge. <laughs> and another challenge that I'm also thinking of as I'm getting older is like, can I like can I have a family and have this kind of life? Like what would be the how what would be the sort of the compromise or like what kind of compromise would it have to be? Like I mean I know many girls who have kids are and are continuing uh of course with their music and so on, but I think they are all taking uh compromises and sacrifices and which is I'm I'm sure they are all very happy to do but it's just it's quite a challenge I think to be to be this uh, like to be this sort of freelance musician and and not just financially 
um, also just logistically and uh, and even just in your mind, you know, like it takes so much of our of our uh, mental space to be a musician or like to do your own music. It's just like you are constantly, you need to be in this somehow. So these are challenges, which <laughs> I don't know, but um, You have uh, done such an impressive job at managing to actually do what you like for a living to to play concerts and give uh, workshops mm. and and make records. Um, how does this come about? Do you first apply for funding or do you just make something and then it happens to go really well <laughs> oh that would be so nice the second <laughs> option <laughs> uh, no i think it's it's um well i don't apply for fundings much uh, i must say so i i did have some so yeah i did have some support i'm uh since i'm um self-employed in Slovenia um, I did have some support from there on several occasions but it's not very high it's nothing compared to Scandinavia and sometimes you feel it takes more pain to do the application than to just try without it you know <laughs> because they're they're not very they're not very high um yeah, it's not very, very generous support, and you have, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. So mainly, I'm doing things without, without that. I've been lucky, for example. So I mean, it really depends from project to project, uh, in a way, because a project like the Octet that I have is very challenging financially, and um, 
I've been lucky with that that uh, that we were we are part of this collective called Duke, and they they helped us um, on several occasions. Just you know, even with little things like uh, paying for the rehearsal space or. Uh, paying for my flight to come to Amsterdam or when I live there, maybe paying for some other transport costs or so, you know, just a kind of bare minimum to, so you don't have to think about it so much, you know, you know that these little costs will be somehow covered and then you try to, you know, this is basically the only group that I'm really working for booking wise, you know, that I'm really writing to trying to convince uh, festivals mainly because we are somehow too expensive for, for smaller venues because we are eight people. That means eight hotel rooms, eight t- flight tickets, eight eight fees you know it's it's difficult but somehow I, I i really i really feel strongly about the group so i spend a lot of time and i energy on uh on that uh and then other things are you know there are sometimes there's uh help from the label when it comes to releasing for example the label you the labels that i work with usually they pay for the let's say uh majority of costs that are associated with you know like mi- mixing mastering printing uh promotion design uh, blah 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 all these things so in that sense that's that's quite nice that i have this um situation um and then you know like uh, i think uh, we are very like uh, I I go for living um, living cheaply. <laughs> I live cheaply. I prefer to be uh, living a simple life without uh, as with as little costs as I can. Of course, not counting every penny, but you know, just taking maybe some like having a little less comfort in some things uh, in order to have the freedom of doing what I want. Like, I really wouldn't want to have uh, a very expensive lifestyle because I, I cannot afford it and I, I don't want to. I mean, I, I could afford it, but I would have to start making compromises with music, with um, yeah, with jobs I take. or I mean, now almost I, I always have the the luxury of saying no, I feel, because, you know, I'm not... Like I'm not living from month to month. Luckily, I have some savings and stuff, so I can say no to things still. But I know that I know some friends that they cannot afford this, and and that's yeah, that's difficult. That's a difficult situation. So, but yeah, keeping it uh, a cheap lifestyle that helps too, <laughs> you know. And uh, I mean, I must say also, I don't think that much. Uh, about money somehow because I was always lucky with it in a way in the school I've had some uh, scholarships and then later on quite early on I started to play and um, I also won a kind of competition that gave a lot of money to me at some point so like there's always been kind of I always had a backup you know something to that I that I knew I don't have to worry for the next month. Um, what does a cheap 
lifestyle mean to you? <laughs> well, it means, for example, that I'm staying now in a very small uh, apartment. Um, I mean, it's a room more or less. It's it's like, yeah. It, so that's that's one thing. With like, also for for my practice, for example, I have um, I found a place where I can practice for free. Um, but then there are other disadvantages of that because, you know, I have to adjust to the schedule they have. Um, the acoustics there are not really great. Um, I don't know. This is just, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, because on, in one hand, on one hand, I feel like, what are we talking about? You know, living, um, cheap life i mean we are all in a world scale we are all fucking rich you know yeah. it's just yeah. like what are we saying oh i cannot buy i don't know i cannot afford to to buy a really good grand piano i cannot <laughs> you know these are really little pro like not very but the thing is that you know i mean the one time that i did feel uh poor was uh, when I was evicted from my house in Amsterdam, uh, this big villa where we where we stayed yeah. in. Uh, you remember? Yeah. And, um, you know, that was basically, I mean, the owner was, he just knew that, he knew that it was not right to kick us out, but he knew that we would never go to court for this because we cannot afford it. And it ended up there, you know, like we just have to go out because we will not go to court and fight him because we have no money to pay lawyers. We have no money to lose also, you know, we will just better go out, you know, and then and generally, actually, with getting an apartment, at least in Amsterdam, it was always like you have to show that you earn a certain amount per month, which we can never show because we never earn a same amount, you know without having a permanent job, there are some things that are just difficult to, so yeah, this kind of bureaucratic stuff is, is sometimes tough. Uh, and then you feel poor, but otherwise I don't feel like, and also I don't feel it's such a big sacrifice to live in a small place or to live, uh, I mean, with my boyfriend. So we are two in a very small place and that means some adjusting and, um, you know, you cannot always just do what you want. You have to sort of find a good balance and um, give space and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's not tragic at all. It's just that if I didn't need, if, if I would have maybe a steady job that would pay good money, then maybe I would choose another situation, you know. But... It's not also that I'm thinking every day, oh man, if I could just have another room in this or like, you know, it's, it's, I'm not suffering tremendously at all from this. Um, do you ever feel like an amateur? <laughs> um, you mean in music? Yeah, in this profession. Um, well, yeah, when I started to teach, for example, I did feel that. And I must say that I I feel... Um, I also feel now that, like, the young generation of students, 
they just know so much. Like they were raised on the internet or something and they know so many things yeah. that sometimes I'm just like, they teach me, you know, like, what am I, like, what am I going to say? Like, I'm not old enough to really say like, you know, when I was young or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I'm also not like, I also, I also don't spend my life on the world wide web, you know, searching for things um, <laughs> like they do. I mean, and it's really impressive and, and, and it's, uh, wow, it's really, it, it's great. I like it, but that's when I feel like, okay, maybe why am I here as a teacher? You know, I could just sit down and have them teach me. So I don't think I really feel like an amateur when I play. I don't, I don't know. I've been doing it for a long time. I, 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 if I was maybe part of a project that was very far from my abilities or something, but I, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think I always find a way with music somehow. I always, when there is sound and, you know, I can, I'm, I'm I feel home. <laughs> yeah. When there's words, then, then it's a different story, but, um,
I mean, for me, it's a, anyway a trauma to play written music. So I don't, I don't like <laughs> I, I, I play people like usually when I play people's compositions, they involve some sort of improvisation. Um, and they are usually rather short and plus no one knows how they're supposed to sound. So it's all good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from us that we are playing it, you know, but it's not like I'm playing Bach and everyone knows note by note or Chopin or something, you know, and people in the front rows are singing it or, I don't know, I mean, that's just for me a very, like I I did, of course, some classical uh, concerts in school, for school, I mean, just not in a professional world or how I should say, but, and, and it was always a trauma it was always di disaster for me so i mean it's yeah i i i really am impressed by classical musicians for this that they can just do it and their nerves are you know stay so strong to not sort of yeah i don't know i i cannot it, yeah it's not for me definitely even even since i started when i was very small i remember I was probably six or something. I had a performance and I started from a wrong note. Uh, I forgot what the key the song was in, you know? <laughs> so I just started somewhere else. And then I realized, oh no, because it's not the right key because the fingers don't, you know, don't find the keys anymore. Uh, and then I just like, okay, what to do? So I played like a chromatic scale up and a chromatic scale down. And then I thought like, Okay, yes, this was the note. And then I started again, which, you know, for it was just in this village and no one knew how the song should be apart from my teacher, who I don't know what exactly she thought about that solution. But, you know, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I've had so many bad experiences with fucking up stuff, playing written music. It's just, it's not for me. I get these blackouts and no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Can you remember uh, roughly how old you were when you realized that, or when you could accept that actually this is not my style of playing and <laughs> this other well, thing is actually my style of playing? You know what? I mean, I was in music school in my village until I, in, until I started to go to high school, which was anyways jazz department. So, and this village music school was, was great in a way because they just let us do whatever we want. Um, so I was never pushed to do classical music really, you know, and a couple of things that I played were like, I never really even considered that as a thing for me to do, you know, it was always a thing to do for school kind of, um, yeah, I, ne I never felt so comfortable in this. So, but I like to play classical for myself. I really like it. It's good. It's you know, and and that's the thing. It's like with written pieces, you really know where you're at technically because when you are improvising, you can always sort of adjust the pace according to your, you know, to your shape. You can adjust what you will play. I mean, because if you are not in a good shape, you will avoid very virtuosic things. You know, you can avoid it because you're improvising. So. And I think also for me, it has been always since I started to play, even when I was very little, just a thing. It was like you, imp, imp, you don't, I didn't even name it improvisation, but it was just like, yeah, you play something and it didn't, it didn't stay separate from playing something written or playing something not written. It was just, 
playing the piano, you know. So somehow improvisation was always present. It's just maybe I didn't call it improvisation. But uh, I think also in, in, when I was very small, like very small, maybe 12 or 13, uh, I was playing in these pop bands, pop rock bands and uh, the scenes and singing back vocals and stuff uh, <laughs> because I was part of the school um, and I think at that time, my wish was sort of like my dream was sort of to be part of a famous pop band or something, you know, that was kind of the direction. I never even thought of playing classical music for for a living or, or, or anything even, you know, it was, I was never so much in that. What does it mean to you to be a musician? What comes to me is just this definition of like to be playing music. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be playing or see or singing music or like expressing music. Uh, what does it mean to be a musician? Uh, like if I ask someone what do you do? And they say, I'm whatever, some sort of engineer. Then I would say, oh, so what does that mean? What do you do? And they would explain to me. But if I say to people, <laughs> I'm a musician, no one asks. I mean, everyone understands somehow. Like, yeah, you, you, or they ask, oh, what do you play? Or do you sing? Usually they ask, you sing, right? No, I play piano. Just play piano. You don't sing. No, I just play the piano. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, and you, I mean, or sometimes they ask like, oh, and you do that really like you don't do anything else. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just do that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's more that line of a question, like, it's hard to believe for them that you can just do that. And I mean, it is it, it, it is quite a miracle to be just doing that and loving it and, you know, living out of it. To be a musician is to play music. <laughs> it, yeah. sounds a, yeah. it sounds a bit... Uh, but also not only to play, I mean, it's also, um, 
in a way it it means to understand it but not even on such on necessarily rational level but just like kind of to feel well in the realm of sound you know to just like feel able to shape sound or to to have an idea of how you want to shape sound mm. Mm. Like, I don't know if this is what, like, I often have it that music plays in my head, like, almost the whole time, and it doesn't need to be something I know. It would be maybe just stuff, just notes or sounds or rhythms, whatever. I mean, I guess it's something that just is now sort of uh, imprinted in me or, like, it's it's really kind of part of part of my being somehow. So yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a bit philosophical, but uh, but I mean it's also just true. It's just that I I often, especially if I if I work physically on something, then it's always going to be with some sort of music running in my head, you know. I forgot to ask where people can find you because you're not um, a big fan of social media, but you have a website, mm. kayatraxler.com. And a newsletter that one can sign up May. to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the two things that you can find me on or contact. And I and there's email also on my website. So whoever wants to write to me, they can write. Thank you for listening. I'll include relevant links in the show notes. If you for any reason feel like getting in touch, if you have a question or think you can contribute as a guest in an episode, you can find my email address in the show notes and you can also use the contact details on my website, ragnilvesenberg.com. In the next episode, I'll be talking to cellist and composer Wilma Pistorius and I managed to actually record myself with the external microphone in that conversation. 